Week two is a wrap in the NFL, and so are a couple seasons. Oh, my goodness. The injuries are piling up, but don't worry because there's two dudes who are still healthy. It's me and Chris Meany, and we're going to break it all down for you. The week two recap on the pre-snap starts right now. You're listening to the pre-snap podcast brought to you by LineStar, the top-rated DFS tool set and number one companion for DraftKings, FanDuel, and Yahoo Daily Fantasy. Go LineStar Premium now at LineStarApp.com. Now, here are your hosts, fantasy football experts, Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany. Hey, yo, what's up, everybody? It's me, Joey P, Joe Pizapia, and welcome to the pre-snap right here on the Line Star app. It's me, and it's Chris Meany, and we're talking football right here on Line Star. And Chris, it was uh, another fun weekend of football. Uh, not so fun if you are a Steelers fan, a Saints fan, and if you're a Dolphins fan, I think you are already thinking about, uh, I don't know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, the holidays are coming. You're probably more focused on that, but my goodness, a whole lot of triage from week two, and it's all just piling up. It really is. I, I, I mean, I know a couple Dolphin fans. They're hiding right now. I haven't heard from them since the start of the season. I don't blame them, but here we are heading into week three, and there are a lot of quarterback injuries like you talked about. I mean, week three, and there's like Mason Rudolph. Uh, we got Gardner Minshew, yeah. who's starting games. Got we got Trevor Simeon, who's starting games. Teddy Bridgewater, it's, starting it, games. It is. Yeah, starting. We might have Daniel Jones starting, too. I mean, by the time we're, this podcast we're, is over, who knows? Very good chance of that. Yeah, I mean, before we before we got on here and we were talking, um, last I saw was the Giants refused to name a week three starter yet. So, I mean, if you watched Eli the past couple of weeks, you know it's time to eventually turn the page. And, like, why not just do it now? Yeah, uh, I I would agree. I I think you might as well. I mean, you have nothing to lose. What are you going to lose? More games? No, of course not. Uh, Can't get any worse. But we're going to talk about how this is going to affect everything going forward in your lineups and all this good stuff. But uh, let's begin with, uh, again, a good week for the upset special because what did we get? We got uh, the Detroit Lions. That's right. Your upset special, the Detroit Lions. They did it. I knew it, Chris. Once we got in the fourth quarter and I saw that score, and I was like, man, the Chargers did not shut that door, did they? They really didn't put enough separation. This is going to get real ugly real fast. And sure enough, it did. And there you have it. So uh, Mike Randall and I crushed it again two weeks in a row with the upset special. The Bills again winning in the Meadowlands. We were all over that one. Uh, it was It was pretty good. I was on San Francisco. Mike was not. But overall, very, very good for us. And uh, I'm trying to remember now where were where do we stand this week with the touchdown calls? Did we uh, how did, did we do there, Chris? Meany? I didn't I didn't get any, and I thought I had one with Cooper Cup. There was a large play in that game, and it actually it when that it was originally announced a touchdown, and I jumped up like first in one of my GPPs, and I was like loving it. And then all of a sudden they reversed that touchdown. I dropped down a little bit, but it was it was a large play. I hit him and Alvin Kamara. Didn't quite get the offense that I expected from that game. Obviously, Drew Brees leaving early had a lot to do with it. All the Saints weapons. Yeah, were pretty much, and uh, I had Josh Jacobs. So, so another. It's like all we got volume, but no touchdown. So, yeah. sorry guys, we'll we'll do better. So we were uh, got we're still got six on the board in two weeks. So that's pretty good. Six on that the is, board in two weeks. It is that is pretty good. Yeah, and and right there with you on the Lions. I mean, the Chargers obviously those injuries happen early in the week. And originally I was like, hmm, maybe I'm going to pick the chargers. But as soon as they, they started to announce like Hunter Henry and other guys on their line, just kind of falling apart. It was typical chargers. 
mean, they were right there with that game and they missed a couple field goals. <laughs> it just seems to be always something with LA, whether it's an injury on the line, another guy falling down in the secondary offensively and a kicker that just can't seem to get it done. It's just the chargers have, they got to have the worst luck, I think, in football over the past decade. It's, it's I haven't seen anything like it before. Yeah, well, look, non-conference road games, always trouble. Always, yes, always, always yes. trouble. Always traps. You got to watch out for those. And uh, look, Chargers, look, they're, they're just a team that's missing a lot of pieces. And that was the point I was making. How many pieces are we going to take away before it starts to pile up and make a difference? And I think we're starting to see what that number is. And, of course, leave it to the Chargers. We'll write them off, and then they'll have a run. And that'll be classic Chargers. And uh, that'll all happen. But let's talk about the good things before we start talking about the fallouts from all the injuries. Let's talk about the good at quarterback first. And I think right now it's Lamar Jackson's world and we're just living in it, man. He rushed for 120 yards. He threw for 270, two more touchdowns. So I know the competition has been about as bad as it can get the first two weeks. But even so, it's great to see Lamar Jackson be this good in the NFL. I don't care who he's playing against. No, it's... Yeah, he week one, he didn't do it at all with his legs. And then week two, he showed you he can do it with his legs. I mean, 120 rushing yards, it's, it's really not even fair. It's, it is it is like a running back. And he made that comment, like, not bad for running back after week one when he threw those five touchdowns on, like, like what, 20 completions or whatever it was. And now he does it with his legs. And it's that dual threat that we loved. It's that safe floor in DFS that we love. And and his price had jumped up almost $1,000 on both sites, FanDuel and DraftKings. And I'm sure it's going to continue to rise when he puts out these kind of games. And now we're, we have a week three matchup where it's Lamar Jackson versus Patrick Mahomes. Like buckle up. This is, this is what you want. These two guys are, it's both of their worlds. They're, they're, they're getting it done. They're both very, very impressive and looking forward to this matchup. And they should be the highest quarterbacks on the board in terms of pricing. And they should have the highest ceilings really. I mean, again, we're talking about some big time guys that are no longer around. So if you have Lamar Jackson in a season long league, good for you. And if you are a DFS player, a cash game player, Lamar Jackson needs to be plugged in your lineup. Just set it and forget it. Had him in the first two weeks, both games had him in a fair amount of lineups. And uh, it's, it's impossible not to take that value. We'll see what happens now as I'm sure that value is going to start to change. And some of the competition will get a little bit better. It's going to be a little up and down, so we'll keep an eye on that. That real contest is going to come when he plays the Patriots in a couple uh, weeks there. I think it's the early November game. I can't wait for that one. You could circle that one. That's going to be fun to watch. I want to see Lamar Jackson against that Patriots defense and what happens, what's going to give. Patrick Mahomes was pretty much Patrick Mahomes. I talked talking about like this is one of those instances where I don't always like to pay off for Mahomes, but this week against Oakland, I wanted to. And 443, four touchdowns, uh, led off. Week two guys with four touchdowns at quarterback, so uh, a pretty good, uh, pretty good day for Mahomes. And considering the first half was kind of blasé, really it was all just in the second half for the most part. A lot of it was in the second quarter. I mean, this guy's setting records, unbelievable. Two hundred seventy-eight yards passing on thirteen completions and four touchdowns in the second quarter. Okay, second quarter. I meant to say first quarter. But my that's, apologies. but no, but that's the kind of, I mean it's it, that's the kind of ceiling he has it's unbelievable you're right when things don't look like it's going his way early and then all of a sudden it's like boom 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 and he's got four passing touchdowns it's 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 unreal and he's doing it without you know a, a run game at all it, it was non-existent yesterday in that game against Oakland no Tyree Kill Sammy Watkins didn't have a good game so he he's us, utilizing you know even deeper down the depth chart guys like Demarcus Robinson McCall Hardman both found the end zone both had big games and yeah, Patrick Mahomes can do no wrong. He's, he's, he's very, very impressive. And I don't know if there's going to be any regression. Like a lot of talk, like he can't do 50 touchdowns again. Well, he's well on his way to having another 50 touchdown season. If you're the Bears right now and you're looking at Mitch Trubisky, who over two games is thrown for 340 yards, zero touchdowns, a QBR 27, 
passer rating of 65 and you moved heaven and earth in that draft to get him. Yeah. Are you firing everybody who scouts for you? <laughs> like, are you just like, what are you doing? Like, cause Patrick Mahomes should have been the guy you moved heaven and earth for. Right. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He should have been the guy. And I mean, even look at Baltimore. I mean, they look like just huge winners in the draft when they just snuck in and took Lamar Jackson with the last pick in the first round. So yeah, Mitch Trubisky looks really, really bad. He does. And I know it's going into Denver is not a, not the easiest environment, but you know, Derek Carr was able to at least have some success against the Broncos in week one. There was nothing to like about Mitch Trubisky. Again, it's been two straight weeks and last year towards the end of the season, he didn't look all that good either. I mean, you take away that huge game. I think he had against Tampa last year. What was it five touchdowns, six touchdowns. And this has just been a very mediocre quarterback since he's entered the league. All right, let's talk about the running backs and Dalvin cook. Man, there's not a lot of guys who are getting 20 carries a game, but Dalvin Cook is. And let me yeah. tell you, Dalvin Cook knows what to do with them as well. I mean, just a, a great outing from him, 20 for 154. I know they lost the game because Kirk Cousins continues to make bad decisions, but, man, 20 for 154 and a touchdown. He is now right in that cusp of this elite group. And now the Kamara could potentially take a little bit of a hit. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Uh, I mean, it's hard not to get excited about Cook every week now. I, I mean, this is enough back-to-back good games where – not just good, but we're talking about game-changing runs. Like, he just breaks things away. He did in the preseason, too, that 80-yard run, and we're like, okay, let's take a deep breath. But now it's now it's happening in the real in the real stuff right now, in the real games. Yeah, oh, yeah, leading the league right now in rushing 265 yards. He's second in the NFL in, in rushing attempts with 41. He's involved in the passing game. He's got five catches on five targets. And I, I think we said this last week, but, yeah, they bring in Gary Kubiak, and this is, this is what he's known for. They want to run the football there in Minnesota. And I know Adam Thielen owners are probably a little bit bummed over the first couple weeks of the season. Diggs, you know, saved his day with a touchdown yesterday, but this is what Minnesota wants to do. They want to run the football, and you're right. There's not a lot of running backs who are touching the ball 20-plus times consistently. He's one of them. Yeah, and uh, on the other side of that ball for the Green Bay Packers was Aaron Jones, who we talked about having a bounce back, and he did. 23 for 116, the touchdown. Don't panic about the Williams touchdown. That was not a design touchdown. That was a yeah, touchdown just, just kind of happened. Yeah. So don't go, oh, my God, it's a timeshare. No, it's not. It's fine. It's Aaron Jones. He was excellent. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, also very strong. So he is now back 23 for 111 and a touchdown for him. Uh, let's talk about those San Francisco guys because they are going to be a value this week, too, against the Steelers. You had Mostert, who had 13 for 83 and then a uh, uh, receiving touchdown and a fair amount of receiving yards there, too. And then Matt Breida, 12 for 121. I know it was the Bengals, but still the two-headed monster here. For the 49ers, is this something that you're going to start to pay more attention to? Yeah, I, I mean, I think you should. It's 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 really crowded there. I mean, so what do you cheap. do? It, yeah, all cheap. All the guys are cheap. I mean, you're really rolling the dice with with these guys because, I mean, most start, in my opinion, look the best. I mean, he played 47% of the snaps, 13 for 83, caught three balls and four targets for another 68. And Brita only played 29% of the snaps, but he had 121 yards on 12 carries. And then there's Jeff Wilson who comes in and gets a couple touchdowns. 10 for 34, and it seemed like he was the goal line back. It's amazing. He was inactive in week one, and then in week two, he's in there getting all the red zone rushing attempts. So it, it is a very tricky situation. You're going to, you know, to, to trust any of these guys and from DFS, but they're all going to be fairly cheap. So I, again, I like Mostart. Brita probably has the highest ceiling of the trio. But I, I just feel like Mostart runs really hard. I like the way he runs. I like the fact that he was involved in the passing game there yesterday. And it just goes to show, like, heading into the season, like everyone who's so high on Tevin Coleman, this was a running back by committee for sure. 
like without question. And it will be the rest of the way, even when Tevin Coleman comes back. Like there's just going to be yeah, a Tevin lot. Tevin Coleman might not come back to anything. Um, right. <laughs> let, let's be honest, everybody. You know, I'm so sick of the Tevin Coleman hype. I am just, Same. I've been hearing it yeah. for years. Yeah. I am sick of it, Chris. I'm, no. Yeah. No. no. He's not a great running back, like no. between the tackle guy. And he was never a red zone guy. Never was in Atlanta. It was always Devonta Freeman. It was Coleman had that big season in Atlanta with Kyle Shanahan. I think that's why people were starting to get excited. Sure. When Tevin Coleman comes back, maybe he'll be involved in the passing game, but this is a very, very crowded backfield. And I think guys like Mozart and Brita just run better than him in between the tackles. So, I mean, Tevin Coleman is, is certainly behind the eight ball here now. And what is a committee? All right, uh, let's talk about some of the receiving leaders here. Uh, Demarcus Robinson, did you have him in your lineup? I know some people did. We were on the meet Cole Hardman train. That paid off too. Like That was pretty good. He got the yeah. touchdown. That's all that mattered. Uh, I did not see the Demarcus Robinson game no. happening. I mean, that guy's no. been there. I, I'm not looking too much into this, but you know what I love about this game is that all those people taking the victory lap on Sammy Watkins got to uh, shut the hell up because yeah. well, this, he, is said, this is what I said on one of my shows. It's like, you can't play him in cash. You just can't. I know no. that. I know the fact that he is the number one wide receiver there now, but you just can't because of there's one injury risk and his price just skyrocketed up too high to where he wasn't a value. He had to have another game like that really to return value. So even going forward, I, I don't think that I would play him in cash if he's going to be, a top five wideout in terms of price. I just, I don't think I'll get there. I don't think Demarcus Robinson's going to have this kind of game, but I am intrigued. You have to be intrigued a little bit with the offense, especially now hearing Damian Williams dealing with a knee injury, LaShawn McCoy. Yeah, that's where I was going next. I mean, so maybe sudden, they're going to have to throw Darwin the ball. Thompson, yeah, all that Darwin Thompson talk. I've been talking up all summer. All of a sudden, it's starting to sound pretty good. He's <laughs> an automatic drop week one. Now, all of a sudden, he's an automatic pickup. It's crazy. You just need that's to be great. patient with your roster in season-long formats. DeMar- and, and he's going to, if there's no Shady and no Williams, I mean, you're going to want to play this guy in that offense. Absolutely. Yeah, Cooper Cup had the big game, as we mentioned earlier. Chris Godwin, too, on Thursday night had a huge game. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Boyd, 10 for 122. Uh, no touchdown there. But John Ross showed up again, 4 oh, for 112. He only caught half of his targets. But still, you know, he's that big play guy. He is that guy until the salary catches up. Uh, Christian Kirk and Larry Fitzgerald, both very good. I was very much on Fitzgerald. I kind of let Kirk go. But uh, turns out he was good. And let's not forget from the tight end position, Mark Andrews who we talked about being the guy who has the higher floor of any other player on that Ravens offense. And he found the floor and the ceiling again, two weeks in a row here. Yeah. Very impressive stuff from Andrews. I mean, you have yourself a a for sure. I may even go as a top four tight end. Like I may even put him ahead of Ingram because of the mess that is the New York giants and OJ Howard is just non-existent right now. He's blocking more than he's running pass routes. So, I mean, you have Mark Andrews. I mean, you continue to play him. The price is obviously going to rise. It's been a nice discount. You got a game this week against Kansas city. You expect the, to throw the ball and he's, he's the number one option there. I know Marquise Brown had more targets, but in, in my opinion, Mark Andrews is, is the number one option. And you don't really see that a, a lot from tight ends. There's not a lot of safety when we're talking about tight ends and DFS. It's usually do you pay up or you just try to find some value with guys. There's some safety with Mark Andrews. He's a big part of this offense. Back-to-back games with a, over 100 yards and a touchdown in each game. And in, in each game, eight catches. That's yeah. huge from the tight end position. How about uh, how about the fact that Jason Witten has more catches and touchdowns than O.J. Howard right now? <sighs> it's concerning. <laughs> well, it's concerning. What. Listen, I'm all in. I'm telling you right now, get ready. Because Thursday show, you're going to hear me say it again. So here it comes. Fire up all the OJ Howard this week against the Giants because the Giants are the worst against the tight end. Always, every year, the worst. 
But you it's know what's going to happen? Cameron Bright's going to catch a couple. Like no, you're looking at the no. snaps, it's it has be been it has been all OJ Howard in terms of snaps. Like it's going to be a gross overreaction by the coaching staff this week to get him the football in the perfect time, which is against the Giants. So don't worry. I'm telling you, the ownership's going to be point zero 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 one. Well, that it's I agree me with. And anyone else listening to the show? <laughs> I'm right now. That I agree with. I mean, I'm not cutting him loose in any of my in any of my oh, season God, no. formats. No, but no. I'm I'm not, I don't know if I'm there yet to start him. I need to see something. And we've seen we, the narrative with Bruce Arians and how he doesn't utilize his tight ends. But you know, OJ Howard is just a different beast. Like he had entered entered this season, and ever since he had actually entered the NFL, nobody had a higher yards per catch average than him. Like we know what he can do. It's just. Jameis right now, I it's just a little bit of a disconnect with Jameis and some of his weapons apart from Godwin. So, yeah, I'm not ready to, to give up on him yet. It is a primetime matchup, but it's very discouraging that Winston's not even looking his way, not even getting him any like any looks, any targets. It's, ugh, it's not. I don't love it. Don't worry. I've, come on. I'm going to be like, you remember that scene in Jerry Maguire when he's leaving the office and he's like, who's coming with me? And he's got the briefcase and the fish. That's me. I got the fish like last week was the Joe Pesci meme that was flying around. And this week it's going to be the Jerry Maguire one. It's me with the fish, the goldfish in the bag and, uh, and my briefcase. And uh, who knows? Maybe Renata Zellweger will pop out. Who knows? I'm I'm, I'm fine with that. She can come with me. If that's uh, all I get, that's fine. I can take that. I'm coming. I'm I'm not going to complain. Oh, you're going to, Chris, he's going to come too. (laughs) Me, Renee Zellweger. (laughs) And uh, <laughs> fish in the briefcase, no yeah, Scientology. Okay, I don't want any, you know, not, no, 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 no. not, but Cuba Gooding Jr. He can come, he seems like he's fun, he can come hang out with us too. We'll start a company, it'll be great. All right, uh, the one thing I was definitely wrong about, and I'll take all the heat, and it looked it's it's injury. I mean, what are we gonna do? But I was all in on the Steelers, man, and I was feeling the Steelers bounce back. Connor, Connor got hurt, and uh, but that's okay because I wasn't invested in Connor so much as Roethlisberger and the receivers. Oh, but it's hard to throw when your elbow is no longer attached to your body. So here we go. It's uh, it's done for the year for Ben Roethlisberger. And um, as soon as I saw him grab the elbow, I knew. I was like, oh, he's done yeah, for he's, the year. He's done. That's it. It's over. And um, now you got Mason Rudolph, who, let me tell you, it was fun to watch. I thought. What did you think of Mason downfield. Rudolph? Took some shots downfield, yeah. and this is what he did in college with his boy James Washington. These two ding, 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 ding. Uh, played and together. You know what? We're going to be look. We're not the only ones who are going to mention this. Okay, right. I'm sure everybody in the DFS community is talking about it right now, but doesn't make it not right. So James Washington, Mason Rudolph is going to be a very popular pairing this weekend in tournaments coming up and i'm still okay with that i will be part of that populace i'm okay with that how do you feel about it yeah i'm all right with it too i mean i i have to take the bullet here too because i i like james washington last last week i was talking him up on on a couple shows this one included how i thought it could be a potential breakout for him i've just never been a dante monkery fan i said that last week i said that he was brutal and he got benched yesterday because another drop i mean a ball hit him square in the head like it was like the easiest pass in the world to catch and went right between his hands and hit him like right in the forehead, and he's he's done. He's got. He's got. Here, I wouldn't be shocked if he's cut. Check you know this what? out. All right, you ready for this? You ready? Yeah. You're holding on to your socks. All right, let's do this. I'm ready. If you put Mason Rudolph and James Washington together on Fanduel, again, this is kind of early look at the slate. All the money in the world. All the money in the world. I've got Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, and DeAndre Hopkins, and it's not even hard to fill out the rest of this lineup because I've already done it. Yeah, and no, the combinations are very good. I'm telling yeah. you right now on Fanduel, you can do it easily. 
Yeah, and you take and you take those discounts. You know, when when guys are chalk up near the top, like maybe like a, for example, like an Alvin Kamara, for example, like he was he was chalk, but he's expensive. But you take a guy like James Washington who checks in at a at a low price. Like if that doesn't work, it's just like it's basically just a punt play, right? I mean, he doesn't have to do a whole lot to return value. So yeah, you're right. A lot of the the fantasy community is going to be in on this duo and this connection, but it, it doesn't matter because it's super cheap and it'll allow you just to, if you're, if you're a guy that likes to play multiple lineups, a, a guy or a girl likes to play multiple lineups, you can do this with other big guys. I mean, you can do a Hopkins in there, try Julio in there, swap both of them. And, and then if those other guys hit, you're, you're actually just, you're loving it because one of your big guys are going to hit if you just like filter it through a couple. Well, and especially with Connor banged up too. I don't know if he's going to play yet. Obviously it's too soon to know. It doesn't look like it's trending in the right direction. I'm sure. Jalen Samuel will be very trendy. Maybe Benny Snell. People want to take shots there, but dude, I'm just going to stick with Rudolph and Washington. They're cost effective. I don't have to worry about it. I don't have to take the risk of Juju. And I think it's a good spot. Now let's go to the other one too, and talk about the saints because Here's a situation where Breeze is going to be back eventually. It's going to be at least six weeks. We'll see what happens here. But, you know, Michael Thomas, you're not getting a discount on him right away. So we'll see what happens in that. Bridgewater's not a guy that I'm super involved or super excited about right now. But it's funny, in season long, I mentioned this on the Black Book podcast. I am all in right now trying to peel Kamara, Michael Thomas away. Not cheap, but maybe just a slight discount. Because I think there will be some overreaction in season long to that loss of Drew Brees. And those guys are still elite players. It's not going to change all that much. You're still going to get right. the football a ton. They might not be as prolific, but it's still going to be pretty darn good. And then what happens if Brees comes back and you're in the fantasy playoffs? And all of a sudden, you're rocking and rolling. So for me, this is an opportunity. How do you feel about this whole Saint situation with, uh, with Bridgewater right now going forward with the rest of the pieces? Yeah, well, I think you definitely have to downgrade everyone in the offense. I mean, that's that's pretty obvious. And and also, like they they may run the football a little bit more. Latavius could could get more involved. Um, I, we've yet to really see Alvin Kamara get that like heavy, heavy, heavy workload that we all want. We saw a little bit of it, you know, last year when Mark Ingram was was not with the team for the first few weeks, but he still wasn't getting a ton of work in between the tackles. So I I, I agree though. Like in your season long format, this is the time. Maybe even one more week maybe it you know struggles in Seattle with with Bridgewater and 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 you know owners are really down on Michael Thomas cuz he still is coming off a 10 catch game 89 yards so i think it could be easier to ply him away from from an owner after next week but yeah good opportunity to your point the schedule is not all that good over the next few weeks though like in Jacksonville is not going to be an easier easy environment for Bridgewater than week 7 in Chicago not going to be a good one and then Arizona is going to be all right. Then you're going to get the buy. And then after that, like the, the schedule gets real nice. Like you're going to get some dome games. You got the Falcons twice. You got Carolina, you got San Fran, um, you know, week 16, Tennessee. So season long format. Sure. Like I'm more interested in Michael Thomas than I am Camara, but um, you, I think you have to downgrade everyone in, in this offense with Bridgewater. I'm with you. I'm not, I'm not a huge Teddy fan, but it'll take some time for them to gel. And there's some weapons around him where he could be okay. Yeah. Uh, look, I, I, I think here's the problem. You, you, the secondary weapons now become far less appealing. And oh, yeah. now I think you get a If you get a discount on the top guys, you take the discount, but it has to be a real discount because I still think Alvin Kamara is still an elite talent. So is Michael Thomas and Teddy yes. Bridgewater will be okay. He just won't be Drew Brees. Now Mason Rudolph, not going to be Ben Roethlisberger either, but Mason Rudolph is young and athletic moves around a lot. He's, Throwing the deep ball, which is something Bridgewater typically struggled with. Yep. 
so there's a lot of reasons to get kind of, I think, in a weird way, excited. I mean, if you're a Steelers fan, you've thrown in the towel already. The terrible towel has so many <laughs> tears in it from the first two weeks. I mean, could these first two weeks get any worse? First, you lose to the Patriots. And just an embarrassing just shellacking yeah, on lose. Sunday yeah. night football in front of the world. Then yeah. you come back at home. Roethlisberger's out for the year. You lose your running back. Antonio Brown scoring touchdowns for the same Patriots that beat you last week, which has got to be the knife in the heart or the back. I don't know. Maybe the balls. The knife is going somewhere. <laughs> and then on top of which, now you're like, now it's like the rookie quarterback in his first year has to come in now and play. So, I mean, I guess it's nothing but uphill from here, right? Yeah, I mean, it's all over. I, I know I'm taking victory laps, and I don't wish any injuries on anybody, but I said this numerous times that they were one Big Ben injury away from their season being just done. And, and that's, that's, that's how I feel, and that's how I feel today. I feel like this is Baltimore's division to lose, and yeah, there's going to be some growing pains in Pittsburgh this season, especially if James Conner is you know dealing with significant injury. It's one thing to lose Big Ben. And throw in a you know a quarterback that really doesn't have a ton of experience in the NFL, but it's another thing to lose a guy like James Conner, who had a really good season last year and was a big part of that offense, getting a lot of touches. So now they're going to have to lean on potential, potentially, because we don't know about Conner, but they could now have to lean on a rookie running back in Snell and a guy in Jalen Samuels who's not a great in between the tackle runner, right? He's his his this is a tight end at one point, you know, moved to a running back and he's better as a pass catcher. So there's a lot of just I don't know. Like, I don't even know how to put it. Like, there's just not a lot to like in Pittsburgh at the moment. So I guess next week, this week, when we talk DFS plays, um, you know, I suppose like some of these guys will, will probably go low. We'll probably go low on Joe, like Michael Thomas and Kamara. They're not, they're, nobody's going to want to spend up for those guys. No. And, and they and, shouldn't because the yeah. price is built in. It's cooked in for breeze. Yeah. And, and that's, there's, there's nothing you can get around that right now. We'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks, how that, changes and the fluctuations of it or maybe there's a matchup we like with a bad corner or something like that and then we take a shot that's fine but this is i don't know if this is the week to do it it no, doesn't seem it like it that's for sure like it, no. especially with so much value on the board potentially especially just on the FanDuel side like looking ahead a quick look ahead you know as I, as I always like to do here on monday is you know you you clear the dust off of sunday and then you start looking already you start putting the work in and that's what the line star app is for, by the way. And you should all get out there and use that line star app. And if you haven't already, make sure you go and uh, subscribe to the premium product because it is absolutely the best DFS tool site I've ever seen and I've ever gotten to utilize. And they got a lot of stuff right again this week. And I'm telling you right now, when you're looking ahead, there's that soft underbelly of wide receiver, the John Browns under 6K, the Kirks, the Fitzgeralds of the world, Washington's in that group. There's really a ton of those it. guys. Really like yeah. it's like he is just he's in for a huge season. He really everyone that counted him out last year. I mean, he had the back to back. I own him everywhere, meaning every, I own him a lot every league. And he was going like wide receiver 40, 45, 46. Like it's crazy because last year he finished his wide receiver 26 and a half point setting with poor quarterback play. Like Kyler Murray held his own yesterday. I thought he looked pretty good considering he was in Baltimore. In, and he he really didn't turn the ball over. It didn't have a lot of success throwing touchdowns. But, I mean, they were right there in that game and with a chance to, you know, not lose by by a lot. Like, he, I thought he held his own. So, if you're a Larry Fitzgerald owner, this guy always gets disrespect in the DFS community. Nobody ever wants to play him, especially on Fandle. They're like, oh, no, but you only get half a point for a catch. It always just seems to be an excuse for Larry Fitzgerald. So, I'm looking at his price right now, $5,900 in the slot. Clearly going to just eat all year and this guy's in for another 100 catch season in my opinion 
All right, let's talk about some more coach speak. How do you like this one? Pat Shermer in the press conference today, when asked about Eli Manning being the starter, he said, well, Eli's been our starter so far. (laughs) (laughs) Well, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. He has been the starter so far. I mean, Eli looks bad. He really does. And and there's not a whole lot of help on his team. But it is time to turn the team. It is time to to turn the page here. It really here is. It comes. Danny Dimes. It's time for yeah. Danny Dimes. Hey, yo, and how you doing? Danny and Dimes. You know, and, you know, D- Daniel Jones didn't look – I know it was his preseason, but I, I watched his first game. He didn't look bad. He was throwing. Oh, he yeah. was hitting guys in stride. It was the antip- anticipation throws that I thought were key, especially from a young quarterback. Sometimes they, they, they don't trust those reads. And they, they wait for the guy to turn. Then by then it's too late. Like Jones was at least, hey, I'm throwing it. And this is where I want him to be. This is where I expect him to be. And, the, and that is something I haven't seen from Eli in quite some time. So I would not be shocked. A start this week. What do they got? The Bucks. Yeah, just throw Daniel Jones. Why not? Yeah. All right. Uh, obviously, the Patriots defense uh, shut out the Miami Dolphins. And uh, now the Dolphins are going for their first road game <laughs> and they're going to Dallas so far. It's pretty much looked like the best, if not tied for the best team in the NFC. Uh, it's, you know, it's tough to gauge because again, they played the Giants and the Redskins yeah. who are far from world beaters, but Prescott's played wonderfully. And the rest of the team just seems like it's firing on all cylinders. So I don't care if you have to pay up for the top for the Dallas defense, I think you do it this week, don't you? I mean, how do you not? I, I think you do it every single week. I, I, Whoever, who are the Dolphins playing? Oh, yep, they were just going to go up to there. It's bad. I, I, I think so, yeah. I, I mean, I played the Patriots four times in my season-long formats, and yeah, I didn't win a lot of matchups because they were, <laughs> there was one league where they got 48 points against me. Like, it was just heavy on the sacks and the return touchdowns. You want to hear fun you had them, You won cash as well. Yeah, I did. Two, two fun stats. I own the Patriots in 80% of my uh, of my season-long leagues because they were free. Free defense at the end. Nobody picked the Patriots. I don't know why, because if you go back, here's another fun fact. You ready for this one? Over the last three games, including the Super Bowl, the Patriots have outscored their opponents 89-6. to six. Okay, and this is including the Rams, yeah. and this is including the Steelers. Yeah. Now, whether or not Roethlisberger's elbow was hurting them then, I don't know. All I know is that... It didn't look like it was hurting him. He just looked like they sucked. So <laughs> the other way, but now if you add in the AFC championship game too, that's two more scoreless quarters against Patrick Mahomes. Then of course you had the four touchdowns uh, that they gave up in that AFC championship game, uh, you know, in the second half, but, but just saying that um, that's a pretty, pretty incredible run. And I think people need to recognize that. And they were really good against the chargers. This was a young defense and a defense that needed to kind of, figure it out a little bit and it looks like they figured it out meanie and i know it's just the dolphins but it was the steelers last week and it's kind of scary to come to think about i don't know what the san antonio brown thing's gonna be i don't know you don't know i don't know nobody knows. Eh, nobody we'll see where knows. this goes it's gonna be week to week yeah but oh my god that could be absolutely terrifying if they have the best offense and the best defense in football in the same team of what do you think? They're going to win another Super Bowl? This is very likely. They might not lose another it's game very all likely. year. Yeah, they it's, might it, not lose a game all year. Yeah. I, 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 they play I the East this year. They're going to play the Giants. They're going to play the Redskins. They're going to play the Cowboys. That should be fun. Yeah, they're going to play the, the Chiefs. They're going to play the Ravens. Those are some of the bigger teams. Yeah. But outside of that, they're also going to play the Redskins. They're also going oh, to yeah. play the Jets two more times. They're also going to play the Dolphins again <laughs> in New England. I mean, it's yeah, hard not it's to see them having 14 wins. It really is right now. 
Yeah, the only tough, the only tough schedule. I mean, the only tough games. I mean, in Buffalo will be tough, but they'll pull that out. They'll win that game in Baltimore. Like that one will be a good. That'll be a good one. And then they Buffalo got the will be then, a great, great that's, test because yeah, that defense that's, is for real. It is for real. That's the three stretch. I mean, at Baltimore, then you got your bye, then at Philly, and then home to Dallas. It's that's a good stretch, and then you'll have that Houston game, and then KC will come come to town. So, like, yeah, but it it's hard for me not to say that they're not going to win a game. This is what I said last week when I was talking about spreads, and I saw the huge one with New England. I said, ask yourself this: Will Miami? When I was talking about the over under, and it was like forty eight or whatever. Will Miami's well? Will New England score more than forty eight p- points? Because Miami's not going to score at all. So I was not shocked <laughs> to see them. Cut out. And when I'm looking again this week, and I'm seeing Dallas minus twenty one point favorites against Miami, and over under at forty seven and a half, you have to ask yourself this again: Will Dallas score forty seven points? Because there is a good chance Miami will not score any points in Dallas again. Like this, forty seven is a lot. Any, That's they don't a lot. Have, yeah, it is a lot. They don't have any run game at all. And when they go up against a top corner, say goodnight. Like, there's just nothing. And eventually when they turn the page over from Fitzpatrick to Rosen, it's not going to get any better because Rosen is is not a capable quarterback with – maybe he is, but not with no weapons, right? Like, he's just – this is really bad news for Miami. And I just can, I just think that they're going to continue to trade all of their little pieces. I mean, why wouldn't they? you're you're already on the clock for next year in draft. Like you're picking first overall. So just continue to trade these pieces and it's just going to get uglier and uglier. So like how we all got into this, you pay up for the defense this week, Dallas 5k. I mean, yeah, they may be chalky potentially because it is Miami, but at the, at the same time, maybe people don't want to spend up all, all that money on their defense, but I think it'd be silly not to at least have the opposing team against Miami all year long. Uh, it's good. They might be tragically historically bad. Yes, I think they will. Be. I mean, you know, I we've really had do. some 0 16 teams. I mean, they might be as bad as that Bucks team. And uh, was it the Browns that went 0 16 a couple years ago? I'm trying to remember. Yeah. Somebody yeah. went 0 16. Yeah, like, Browns. It's 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 gonna be uh, it's gonna be fascinating to watch. Uh, so, any other hot takes or or things that you're leaving here in week two? Um, I know for me, it's the Buffalo Bills defense. That being for real too. Again, they've only played the Jets and they've only played the giants, but still that's a good defense and people need to recognize that. Uh, anything else that you're starting to buy into from what you've seen here in the first two weeks of the season? Um, not totally. I, I mean, Terry McLaren is definitely the number one option, the Washington, Washington passing attack. I know it's not much of one, but, uh, he certainly is it's just a couple of those waiver wire, like hot wideouts that were picked up you know, they, they showed up again. Like you mentioned, John Brown, Marquise Brown, like these are guys that actually had back-to-back good weeks. So it doesn't seem like a fluke. I guess the biggest takeaway for me from a DFS standpoint, we'll, we'll have to uh, talk about this going forward is, is game script with the Oakland Raiders. And there was a situation this week where I was asking myself, listen, they're probably going to be down against the chiefs. Is Josh Jacobs going to get five or six targets in, in this game? And if he is, then you have yourself a bout, bell cow back with josh jacobs you have yourself a borderline top five running back who is going to touch the ball 20 plus times every single week he's going to get all of the red zone work but you know unfortunately he he didn't get any looks at all in that game yesterday it was more jalen richard and deandre washington now they didn't do a lot oh they, they were had, worse off they only had too. four catches maybe that changes going forward maybe gruden says listen okay these guys are not going to do anything for us anyways when we're down we might as well keep jacobs on the field and throw him the ball but 70 snaps in two games and only one target 
just slightly concerning. So that's it. Going forward, I guess, when we break down the Oakland Raiders, we're going to have to take game script in consideration on whether Jalen or whether Josh Jacobs is going to get a few catches out of the backfield. And I'm not ready to count him out and say that he's not going to. It's just I, I would have liked to see, you know, a they little bit have. more work. In they the were worse off yeah, for it. They should have. You're right. You and they the were. in that kid's hand. That was that was Absolutely. bad job by them. They're trying to protect the kid a little bit. Yeah. And they ended up hurting themselves. Uh, yes. Debo Samuels, another one for me I want to take away from this one because this was another uh, game where it was a good opportunity for him to be good against the bad defense, and he was. He caught five of his seven targets for 87 and a touchdown. The Steelers are coming in, and I guarantee you the Steelers are, you know – the worst thing that can happen to the Seahawks now, they got to get up and they got to get on the road and travel thousands of miles to San Francisco. To play yeah, football a team that's two and zero right now and feeling a team that's two and zero. It's feeling it, and um, Samuel I think is going to give them fits because yep. so far that defense has not played well. Now, granted, they've the offense hasn't helped, hasn't always put them in a good situation. No. But uh, dude, what about Juju? Would you buy low on Juju? Like same same sort of deal we were talking about Michael Thomas. Like an See, I would probably I, get him. Thomas, 100%. Kamara, 100%. Juju, just slightly less, only because he's out for the year. Whereas Breeze coming back, maybe I take advantage of somebody's panic and not thinking long-term enough. I'm not saying I wouldn't buy. I'll tell you what, would you rather have Kenny Galladay or would you rather have Juju? I would rather have Kenny Galladay. Listen, I I, I said this before the season started, and it, Juju's a terrific talent. But when you take away a guy like Antonio Brown, who faced all of that top coverage, like, you know, one of the best wide receivers in football, it's going to be an adjustment period for Juju. I watched that game where he went up against Gilmore. He, like, no offense to Juju. Like, I know you're not listening. I wish you were. Like, I love you. I love your interaction with everybody on social media. I think you're a terrific athlete, but... He he looked pretty soft in that matchup against New England, and he's going to be facing top corners all year long with an inexperienced quarterback. So, yeah, he may do enough for you in season-long formats. You're in a full-point PPR. You're going to get those games where he has 10 catches for like 65 yards perhaps, and you're like, okay, fine, I'll take the double-digit points, and I'll move on. But that's not what you paid for. That's not what you paid for heading into the year. So I, no. I have I have some concerns, but and yeah. I'll tell you what, I was shocked with it. You know, speaking of Juju and Brown and all that stuff, I was shocked that Brown was as active as he was in that game. That was shocking to me, especially with the, what it, the first drive. I mean, the first four passes from Brady, I believe, went to Brown. Oh, it was, and then when he, you know, he almost caught two touchdowns in that game. Yeah, and then he, he did. The other one, and the one he caught was pretty spectacular. And just, it's just, <laughs> you have to kind of moderate your excitement because it's the Dolphins. Right. But at the same time, I can't imagine what the rest of the league is thinking when they see, oh, my God, you know, Antonio Brown is actually the perfect fit in terms of weapon. We'll, we'll see how if he plays, how long he plays, whatever. Who knows? The thing but, is, you have to double somebody and who are you going to double? Like, you can't double know. everybody. You're going to double Brown and then it's going to leave soft coverage for Josh Gordon. One on one coverage. Julian Edelman in the slot. James White of the backfield. Yeah, there. I mean, a disaster. It's, yeah, you, you're looking at probably one of the worst teams assembled ever in Miami and maybe one of the better ones in, in New England. I mean, this you know, it's funny that team that went 16 and 0 that had Moss and all those guys on it, you know, Welker because it doesn't come close to the kind of big no. money player that Edelman is. So I don't right. really want to hear anybody tell me about that. Yeah. I don't care if he got 120 balls every year. He always dropped the five that mattered every single time. Yeah. Agreed. Brown is a better fit for this stage of Brady's career in terms of the kind of quarterback Brady is more precision passer. He doesn't, the deep ball isn't what it used to be, all that stuff. And then they didn't have that third guy. I mean, they had Gronk, but they didn't have that third guy that, that, Josh Gordon type big body wide receiver. And they certainly didn't have a running game that looked like this where you have Sony Michelle and James White and Burkhead and all these other guys. And I'll tell you what, they certainly did not have a defense. They had a defense that was old 
and a defense that was starting to show cracks in it and held, it was kind of bend, don't break. They were just outscoring everybody and blowing the doors off. You know, they were outscoring, you know, it would given up 25, 30, but they were scoring 40 every game. So it didn't matter. And then getting the playoffs that changes, but I don't know, man, this is, and, uh, and then on top of that, you got the defense. And then on top of that, the road to the Super Bowl, the AFC is going to have to come through Foxborough. Like, let's be honest. So. It's I'll tell you what, if I'm the Chiefs, I better like you better handle your business because you want you want that game back again in your spot. And you could probably write the Colts off. You know, I know it's my fun little upset special of the year. But I'll tell you what, how about those Colts winning? They should be two and oh, they should be. I kept telling everybody. Remember the Titans, baby. And now Vinatieri's going to retire every week. Somebody's going to retire on the cold <laughs> and they're just going to keep winning football games. <laughs> oh man. I know I was, I'm waiting for that announcement. I, and the Colts apparently just try to talk him out of it. Like don't retire yet. You're fine. You just missed a couple kicks. It's all good. Like, you know, hang with us here a little bit, but he's not fine. It's no, over. he's not. Yeah. He's, he's not fine. He, he doesn't look good, but um, yeah, I mean, good. Good on the Colts, man. Getting it done. Jacoby Brissett's another guy. Maybe he can help you out in your season-long formats because you could have woke up Friday morning wanted to cut ties with Cam Newton. Then you realize there's probably three or four other people in your league that are going to be rushing to get a quarterback too. So it's it's going to be an interesting interesting moving forward. It's cancel the season. New England won the yeah. Super Bowl. Just cancel the season. All right. So uh, <laughs> Chris and I will be back. Make sure you're subscribing to the pre-snap so you know when everything comes out because Thursday uh, we drop our DFS preview show. Uh, Friday is our wagering show when Mike Randall and I uh, chat with that. we've It's been a really strong out of the gate here. We love the excitement from everybody too. So uh, again, subscribe. Give us a five-star review. We really appreciate it. Me especially because I am so insecure. I just need someone to tell me I'm good. Uh, but seriously, we really do appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate all the support from all of our Line Star peeps as well. So go over there again. Go hit that Line Star app hard this week and get ready. And Thursday we'll be back with all of our evaluations as well as some of the Line Star information for you as well. In the meantime, you can follow us on the Twitter machine at JoePizzaPS17, at Chris Meany, and of course at LineStar App and LineStar NFL. There's nothing left to do except break the huddle. And here we go. Pre-snap is over. It's time to set down. Win. You've been listening to the Pre-Snap Podcast, brought to you by LineStar. Hit subscribe, tell a friend, and stay tuned for the next episode from fantasy football experts Joe Pizzapia and Chris Meany.